Hi guys, Baldo here. We are uh, excited to present this new episode with uh, Mr. Joe Lindley. We uh, did a, uh, a, a first episode podcast with Joe Lindley uh, a, f- a couple months ago when uh, he was going to begin his uh, biking across America to, ri- to raise uh, awareness for mental health. And uh, he, at, at this point, or as I'm recording this, uh, he's already finished with it. But uh, we are at a point where we finished editing an episode that we did with him at the midway point. Uh, John and I and, and Aaron uh, drove up to Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma City, and, and caught up with the um, with Joe Lindley and, and got to hang out with him at the midway point and, and uh, got to ride bikes with him um, for a little while. My, my bike actually broke down a couple of times, so I ended up riding along with Patrick, which is an exciting, exciting experience as well, too, because between Patrick and Lenny, um, uh, Patrick and Joe uh, biking across America, uh, Patrick has been riding around in the van where they've been sleeping at you know taking care of like where are we going to sleep at where are we going to eat and like who can sponsor us and all that so he's been so it was cool to to experience that and we get to talk about that during the podcast so we met up at one of uh one of the family's houses that was welcoming us in we kind of threw a party had some barbecue uh just got to catch up with with joe and patrick and, and what their experience has been like at that point but i'm excited for you guys to hear this because he is done with the with the race but you get to hear how it had been since then and then soon enough we'll be getting to hear what it was towards the end because he he had a a a little bit of a challenge after after this episode but uh, we'll get to that on the next episode but as always this is sponsored by msw nutrition msw nutrition also sponsored joe lindley and patrick on their on the route there with drinking some boost and and drinking some bliss and and uh and those are two great supplements that help them get through all the mental strain and all the physical strain that they went through so listen up to this episode uh use hdyh or how do you health as a code on the checkout mswnutrition.com uh for 15 percent off and without further ado let's get this started welcome to the how do you health podcast man this is a very special edition we are in edmond oklahoma no we're in luther oklahoma we're in luther oklahoma we came up because we wanted to come and check in on uh, check in on Joe on his ride to, to across America. This is basically the center point, right? Yeah, we're just over halfway. The halfway point was like two days ago. Yeah, so and, you, and you started what three weeks ago? Yeah, we started on June fifteenth. Yeah. So uh, Twenty nine days of riding so far. And so you guys heard the last episode, and when we talked about him starting to do this, we had shot way before, but it only got released like three weeks ago or four weeks ago or something yeah. like that. Uh, but uh, but we're here. We're going to check in to see how you're doing. We brought our podcast gear. We have an IV hanging from a chandelier that it's made out of... Uh, antlers. Deer antlers. And we have a GoPro hanging from the antlers. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, we're out here and there's goats everywhere and it's fantastic and I'm excited and we got Nurse Doza and let's, uh, let's get the party started. I already <laughs> said this is the coolest uh, <laughs> podcast we've ever done before and we hadn't even just started, so... Now that we're officially doing this, I'm staring out at this really cool pond. I'm sitting here on the porch with Joe. He's been biking clear across the country. We gave him an IV, 
Right, he's, he's literally getting an IV right now. Vitamins, NAD, glutathione, B vitamins, arginine, carnitine, taurine, NAC. Um, <laughs> I'm like gonna... I said, it's, I, I try to fit as much as we can on there. But what also is going on is Joe's bicycling from the East Coast to the West Coast. And he's like in Oklahoma right now, which is the midpoint. And so we came up here to come visit him. Uh, we did some chiropractic work a while ago, and some we're gonna do some Graston probably later, right? He's yeah, enjoy that. I need it. You need it. So, all right. So, bicycling across the country. Why are you doing this? For mental health awareness, to show people they can do hard things. Um, I started cycling four months ago. Yep. I'm not a cyclist and everyone's like you're not a cyclist like I went to the bike the bike lab today and everyone's like how long have you been cycling like you know a couple years I was like no four months <laughs> it's like three weeks <laughs> yeah like, like, I, I, at the beginning of this that's whenever I pretty much started cycling but you know it's just to show people that there's not as big of a barrier to entry in the things that they want to try as there is you know everyone thinks it's going to be so much harder but all you got to do is just ask find mentors and you know figure it out as you go and that's what i've been doing and that's actually been one of the coolest parts about this is learning on the fly like yeah just learning all of the bike maintenance the little intricacies of all of the parts and what you can do to keep things from breaking on you and chain lube and just minor adjustments and you know what uh cyclist palsy is you know that's one of those problems i never would have anticipated with this entire ride you know i would expect my legs to hurt maybe a crash to happen or bad weather or the bike braking, but you don't really expect to start losing motor control in your fingers because you've been leaning on them for so long. Yeah. Like you didn't even think that that could, to think that that could be a thing. <laughs> I mean, I thought I was having like the early stages of Parkinson's whenever I was like looking at my hands and my pinky and ring finger were automatically curling up and I had like a real real dark moment in the shower. I was like, this is it. <laughs> like, like, can I really screw yeah. myself this bad? Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. day was this on? That was uh, the night before the night before Tanya rode with me. So that was on like day twenty four. Day twenty four. Yeah. Something day like twenty four. So what day are you on now? Day, tomorrow will be day thirty of riding, but this is going to be like day thirty six or something. Total, right. Total. Yeah. yeah. So you had estimated about fifty five days is, uh, is where you needed to kind of go across and, and get all your riding in. Are you still on that track right now? We're on like down to the it's yeah. it's been I, I don't want to jinx it <laughs> <laughs> we 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 got here we did everything in great time and we actually made it to nashville a day early uh it was going to be a 55 mile day to the city right before nashville and then a 33 mile day from that city to nashville the next day and it ended up pouring on me that day yeah and i was 55 miles in i was drenched and i was like these clothes and shoes are not going to dry out about to by tomorrow so i'm just gonna go all the way make it an 88 mile day yeah which was is a pr too like why not go for that sure. like i've never biked that that far in one day so we just knocked it out um and you know soaked shoes and clothes and got in and had to bed for an extra night and that was also a huge driving factor to get there that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, backing track though, you also ran before really ever being a runner, right? Like before this. Yeah, that's right. That's pretty much what I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's so much. There's so much knowledge in the doing, right? Like there's yeah. a, a lot of learning in the actual doing instead of like we just. Well, a lot of people tend to, and I included me in other aspects where you're just like waiting to fi- find out how it gets done yep. to start. And there's just so much knowledge in the actual just doing. Yeah, I had I had that conversation today at 
uh, bike lab, I was talking to him about how fun it is to just learn as you go. And he was like, you actually only learn by just throwing yourself and immersing. Like, you you know, like the best way to learn a language is to go to a foreign country and to actually just be immersed in that language. So like the best way to learn about biking is to get yourself into a situation where you have to learn. Otherwise, otherwise it's just theory. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, if that happens then I know how to do it, it's like, or I could just figure out how to change a flat tire on day six of the ride whenever I get a flat in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Well, I do remember we kind of spoke about like, well, I don't even know what to, what am I going to do about a flat tire? Like, dude, that would be the least of your work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it has been. And I was so excited when it happened too because I was like, I get to get tested. And then the second one, I was excited because yeah. I didn't have to watch a YouTube video and then it, the tire exploded in my face and that was a huge surprise. So we changed the third one and, and then we had four flat tires in three days after that. And I was like, something's wrong. Yeah. You know, and then did all the maintenance there, used duct tape and got all that stuff fixed and turns out it was just a liner on the inside. So Yeah. I mean there's now been you can change them quickly. Yeah, now I can now I'm just like, okay, whatever. And I went to time it the other day whenever my liner fell off and it was gonna take me like probably less than five minutes. Yeah. Which isn't still not even that fast, but ended up taking forty five because I had to get a lady to drive or I didn't even have to get. She just pulled over on the side of the road and she was like, I hate to see you like this like can i help you and i was like do you have tape she was like no i'm in my husband's car but i can drive you to dollar general i was like no it's a actually yes like (laughs) please drive me to dollar general because i need to get some duct tape so she dropped she drove me to dollar general put my bike in the back of her car and on the way there was an ace hardware so i was like actually that's perfect so she dropped me off there i start doing all this bike maintenance like stuff that i would have never expected to know how to do you know i'm like pulling like little pieces of duct tape off to line the inside of the actual wheel so it doesn't pop the tube and the lady that worked at ace it was a hot day like i am drenched in sweat it's like just falling off my face the lady inside comes out she's like do you want a water or a gatorade and i was like gatorade like i i really just want a gatorade right now and uh, she came out and just gave me a red gatorade and she was like here's this like it's a hot day i was like thank you so much but wait it, so did she know that what you were doing yeah oh, I, I, I told her, her yeah I, I had gone in and she'd showed me where the duct tape was and she was like you know your bike better than i do i was like yeah so I, I went out and started it and she came out and she was like, it's a really hot day. And I told her I was riding across the country, but it was funny. The lady that picked me up in the PT cruiser, she was like, which way are you going? Like East or West? And I, and I pointed West and she was like, okay, I'll take you to a dollar general that way. And I was like, no, you can't. So we actually ended up backtracking yeah. a mile. Ah. And I was like, I would much rather, like, she was like, oh, so you have to ride the whole thing. I was like, I have to. Yeah. Like, I, I, Leanne, I have to. The integrity <laughs> behind like that statement. Yeah. I love, I love that because that, that's funny because you had to think about that on the spot, right? Yeah, and I had to make a decision, like, do I want to get her to, like, cut off some miles for me and really go further together or, like, just help me go further, you know? Right, yeah. and that's cool, and she understood well, what if it was point. like a, she What if it was, like, a mile forward but, like, 20 miles back? <laughs> yeah, that, that, honestly that's a huge decision but like, it's like <laughs> at, at that point i'd be like drive me there i will turn around and ride a mile My back yeah, 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 make yeah, it three yeah. miles yeah. instead of just yeah. that's so you, this is an incredible story because this is not uh just one story like this right like the people coming out of their way to help you You've experienced this this whole way, haven't you? The entire way. How do they know that you are... How do they gravitate towards you? What do they see? What is it that that they see? Uh, I mean, I guess it's maybe... A lot of these towns, 
I think the really cool part about this is we the the route from the Outer Banks to Oklahoma City is not a ride across America route. There are like I think three routes, and there's the north, there's a southern route which goes like from Florida all the way to California, and a ton of people do that every year. There's probably like hundreds and hundreds of people doing that right now, and there's the northern route which goes from like Maine to somewhere on the west coast way up there and people do those but like we decided to blaze our own trail and make our own route all the way from here to there and so people going like they don't get bikers to these towns they're like what do you mean you're biking like a lot of those towns will get bikers and they're like oh you're riding across america nice but people see a bike on top of a white van and they're like what are y'all doing here so we actually had a cop come up to us the other day and he like pulled up to us and as we're like showering by the river you know we have shower shorts we're not naked but we're showering by the river and he pulls up he's like the other the other officer told me that y'all were staying here he's like do y'all want to plug into my house because we have a fan and we have a battery but it doesn't last all night the, it's like this massive battery like 700 dollars, and it doesn't run a fan all night you know but it'll charge all of our electronics like the laptops like four or five okay. times but you know like the kinetic energy or whatever right and uh so we he showed us to his house and we pulled up next to his house and ran an extension cord from the van to the side of his house and plugged the fan in all night he came out with this massive like three by three fan and we put it in the car and plugged it in and we just had the most air circulation of the entire trip and whenever we left the next day his name was bruce whenever we left the next day he was like y'all can have that fan and we were like you know thank you so much but as much as we'd love to take it we don't really get to use our fan that often we have no space yeah um but it's just been people like that that have you know come up to us or let us stay on their property the coolest possible moment that's happened this entire trip is we met this lady named molly in knoxville and she's from cookville which was going to be like two days later and patrick found that out somehow but whenever he found that out he was like do you have any recommendations on places to stay and she immediately was like ebenezer acres and so two days later like patrick one of his jobs is to like look up these things <laughs> that's that's davis's little brother <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> it, one of his jobs is to like that that he's taken on is to look up places that we're going and try and call them and see if we can stay on their property so he calls ebenezer acres no answer no answer no answer and then we were like finally like, let's just go check it out so we go and we pull in it's like it looks like a summer camp it's this big green hill there's like a beautiful sunset behind it it's in tennessee and there's just like cabins on it and like metal buildings and it just looks like a camp right and we drive up and there's nobody there but the right. gates open yeah. so we text mom and they're like there's molly the lady and we're like there's nobody here and she's like well if there's nobody there and the gates open just like give it a shot yeah. and so we just like kind of set up camp we were super excited because we pulled up next to a water spigot where we could pump water yeah. and then plug our stuff in and so we were like perfect that's all we need an outlet and a spigot and then the guy that owns it like found out we were there and came over to check on us and he was so elated to meet us he was <laughs> like welcome to my camp like let me show you around he like brings us to this metal building throws up these metal doors industrial kitchen free to use yeah. He's like stock like like ponds stocked with fish. Y'all can fish them. There's cabins here with cots and AC. Y'all can use those. And then he opens up this big metal door to like this massive building. And he flicks the light on and there's this big blue turf. Like a huge gym. 
and it's got lacrosse goals and lacrosse balls and a basketball hoop and a speaker system for the entire place. And he's like, y'all can, y'all can just make yourself at home. And so he left and we had this summer camp to ourselves. That's awesome. And we were planning on going to bed at like nine 30. Like, <laughs> we have to play tonight. Like we're not going to get this opportunity again. So yeah. we, I just like shot lacrosse goals for like an hour and I was sore in my side. Cause I haven't shot lacrosse, like play with play lacrosse in years. And so for the first time I was like actually sore in my abs. Yeah. But it was just such a cool experience because this guy just opened it up and he, whenever we were in the kitchen, he was like, anything in the fridge or freezers y'all, y'all use as well, like go for it. And wait, so how did you, how did he find you? How did he, how did y'all connect? We met this girl in Knoxville who, who she worked for the board of tourism in Tennessee. And so she's from Cookville where we ended up staying where Ebenezer Acres is. And so mutual connection, like random girl we met on the street, our doors were open in Knoxville and people were out at the bars and we were just talking to people. Right. One of the coolest connections and conversations we've had. And like, we ended up hugging them. Like she had a huge connection to mental health and she was like, y'all, like I want to help y'all in any way that I can. It's amazing. And it's just like the connections, the stories we've heard, you know, people have cried. Yeah. Like we've, we've cried, like people have cried in front of us. They just, for whatever reason, they're, they've been gravitating toward us. Like people can sense that we want to talk to them and that they need somebody to talk to. And so it's honestly, at some point it's been hard to get rid of people. We're like, we, <laughs> we, like Don, we got to go to bed, man. Like this man came and talked to us and like went and walked back to his apartment to go get his iPad with 50 pictures on it so that he could show us like all like his dog and how he won like you know some poker championship and stuff like that and one one man i met in the walmart parking lot was the one that i was telling you about that just started hiking the appalachian trail at 78 uh he makes dvds of all of his trips not for anybody but for himself so that like if if he ever loses memory then he can watch them and remember them and I told him that's one of the big reasons that I journal as well as like my granddad's going through Alzheimer's right now, speaking yeah. of mental health. And he's just like me, like free spirited, like kindred spirit to my own. And I like if that fate is also my own, which I really hope not, because that scares me more than death itself. I want to be able to remember my things. And so he actually, this guy, Charles, the DVD guy, he left Walmart after having a great conversation. And then 10 minutes later, he drove back. And he was like, I just had to come back. I want to send you one of my DVDs so my story can live on through you. And like that, that kind of crap, like makes me like tear up. Like I, I read in my journal entry from the day before about Alzheimer's and why I journal and like, I got choked up and he got choked up and it's like, this whole thing is just so wholesome. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's just, it, it really is, you know, it, it's what you make it, you know, we could just be, our goal could just be to ride and the yeah. great but yeah well i think you're also carrying that frequency right of that openness and this is what you're trying to yeah. show like hey i want to make this an easy thing for people to just talk about because it's sometimes that's the hardest is just to want to talk about it right yeah so i don't I think that i don't know how to say anything yeah and sometimes you don't have to right but just the idea that like i can be here in peace with you and not have to say anything and that's totally okay like why yeah. would you want to feel guilty about that or anything like that but yeah but you're carrying that frequency and i think that people are like the vibrations yeah, or people are picking up on that for sure. You're like these antennas that are just cruising down the street <laughs> and people can sense that you're yeah. on a mission. You're intentional, right? Uh, I mean, the weird thing about the Forrest Gump story was he just ran because he said he was running. However, he wasn't he running because he was like he had 
lost his mom, right? Yeah, his mom died. Yeah. And he was like, okay. Now he just ran out the front door and never stopped. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you've kind of almost decided to do the same thing because a couple months ago you decided you were going to do this, right? Yeah. Right? And I don't know what was going through your head at that time, but most people in the past year and a half have had a hard time connecting with others. We talked about Into the Wild, you know, right when we, we met up this time. That guy was searching for what? We never found out, did we? We never found out. He right. just, it was either searching or running. Yeah. You know? And it's interesting because it's neither with you, right? It's it's more of like, I know exactly why I'm doing this, right? I made it to a point to even bring it up to you at the beginning. Like, don't forget why you're doing this. Yeah. The idea of the money will come, right? Like the fundraising and all that stuff is going to be so much more than you ever imagined. Because you're going out of your way to do something that's so inspiring to people that they wish they would have the the ability to do what you're doing from a physical standpoint most people can't actually outperform them what they think they are able to do we've we're seeing that right now right right you're seeing that yeah you're like I, the body's incredible i can do so much more you felt great already at this point and we'll get into that but it's more than that the emotional wearing your heart on the sleeve people are hurting and when there's pain out there sometimes they just want to connect with someone who can sympathize with what they're going through and it doesn't matter what what they dress like or what they do for a living. It, it's basically the idea that you're, you're getting them to connect in a way that they might've lost that with people. I mean, this guy gave you a DVD to basically say, I might not even give this to a family member, but he saw something in you and you didn't even have to say anything. You didn't ask for this, right? Half the stuff you're not asking for that bike thing today that you got upgraded. They didn't, there's like, we got you. I didn't ask. I it was literally just like, Hey, we're on a nonprofit budget. And they gave, I I couldn't even, I have, it's, it's priceless. People are you know? giving, they're giving to you. Yeah. You haven't asked for one thing other than you said you donate to the cause. Yeah. And I asked you again what the cause was. Remember at the very beginning, I remember why you're doing this. So let me ask you again, what is the meaning of this trip? And do you believe in its impact long-term? What does that look like? The impact of it is really just to encourage people that, as alone as you f might feel in some of your struggles, you're never alone. And I, that's rung true on this trip for me. Like I felt very alone and very isolated, but you come into a town like this for a couple of days and you get this much support. Right. And you know, it really just goes to show how much further we go together, which is the theme of this trip. We want to show people that like whenever you don't have to always ask for help, you should, if you need it. Right. But so most of the time you don't even have to ask for help. People want to help you. Now, let me ask you this though. In times where mental awareness is one of those things where it's a taboo, even writing in small towns like this, yeah. you can imagine the stories of somebody that probably doesn't do the right things because they're just a little off, you know, or whatever. And they might not be able to escape to get the resources needed to actually make them better. When those people are afraid to speak up, well, how can they get the courage to do it what have you seen that works yeah so patrick interviewed me and <laughs> we got so, some we got some new my dog just new audience here we got some buddies in the audience patrick asked me that question he was like what is your do you want to grab those i'm fine okay keep going while i bother you no, no, no you're no. good at all patrick asked me that question he was like what is your what is your advice to people who struggle with mental health 
Like what is, what's the first thing that you could say? And it's really just that like the first step is you. It's nobody but you. I mean, you, everyone else can try and help you, but until you decide to take that first step and you are like, I actually want to get better. I actually want to get help. I actually want to talk about this. That's whenever it actually starts getting better. And that first step, while it's the hardest, is the most empowering thing you can do because you realize, oh, I have some power. And once you realize you have some power, you start doing crazy stuff. You start realizing what your potential is and you realize that that first step is one of the hardest things you can ever do. So why not ride across the country? Why not? Why not run a marathon in a month? Why not, you know, raise however many thousands of dollars for mental health awareness? Because if, if you can do something like that, you want to show other people what they're capable of as well. That's right. That's right. And it does start with them. And it starts with the individual, what you said, doing something like, I don't know. I need help. The hardest thing is getting someone to just come out and say it. And what's incredible is that you have such an, a gift that's coming out in you right now, I guess, more that you're realizing than anything else is that in all those years that you felt alone and that you didn't feel connected to people, you're more connected to your environment than you've ever been before in your life. And you're riding alone with your best friend across the country. There's people at home who are basically wanting you to succeed beyond your wildest dreams. Yep. They're watching your every move. They're following you. They look at you with inspiration because it's not more of like at this point, it's not the idea that they're like, man, I wish I could do that. I could never. They don't look at it that way. You're inspiring them to go make a change in themselves. And when they see that and the story lives on in the book, then the reason why it will be a bestseller is because you'll inspire people to get up and do something and you'll save lives. You've changed lives. You'll change so many people's mindset forever that your impact long term could be that you just said, look, I just did the best thing I could do was like basically just go with my best friend and just get to find out, you know, what I'm made out of. And then would you regret it? Tell that person, would you ever, would they regret speaking up and saying, you know, I don't know what to do, but I'm here. Will they regret it? No. No. Ever. That's the best thing about that feeling of saying like, all right, like, I don't necessarily want to do this anymore, but I feel like, I feel like I could use some help. I feel like I could do something different. What could I do? Yeah. You know, and it's more of like, well, have you thought about biking across the country? (laughs) And they're like, no, that's crazy. It's like, right. You got to do something so different to where like whatever you've been doing is not working. Let's just go another direction and let's do something sensible. What could that be? You go and you maybe hug someone. You go talk to someone. You've had how many conversations so far along this trip? I think we estimated earlier today is somewhere in the two to three hundred range. It's been 35 days. About right. You've met more people riding on a bike across country than you probably have in the past. <laughs> ever. Like, yeah, ever. no. Like, I thought the last year was huge as far as meeting people. I mean, I met y'all. I've made connections with y'all. And it has been, I mean, you know, deeper connections take more time. Right. Of course. But you can leave lasting impacts with people for the rest of their life if you just talk to them for five minutes. And that's kind of, I think, one of the crazy things that Patrick mentioned earlier was kind of like a ghost. Like you're in a you're in a town for a night and you're never there for longer than twelve hours and then you leave. But 
you're leaving behind something. And that's kind of the crazy part is, you know, those people that we've had really incredible conversations with, they've yeah. gone home and talked to people about right. it. And that leave like makes waves right. and just keeps going. And yeah. so like, that's kind of the crazy part is like, we're leaving a wake across the country. That's, yeah. that's, well, it doesn't have to be that. a big thing, right? Like it doesn't have to be a big connect, a big connections to make it to, or a deep connection to make a difference. I mean, you were talking about, uh, early or the last time you were up here with your, with Merrick, with your yeah. wife, about how you had a dream about Rice University, right? And I told yep. you, like, you probably had a premonition because then he was hanging out at the park, was it? It was at the gym the next day. And uh, some guy in a Rice shirt came over, and he's like, oh, I love yoga, whatever. And he's like, I've been thinking about teaching yoga to uh, the homeless. And, and he was wearing a Rice University thing. And he's like, that's really interesting because I was just thinking about Rice, the other, you know, last night. And you came up. He's like, but you should definitely do that. You should, you should definitely teach yoga to the homeless. And he's like, yeah, I probably should. Yeah. And just that, like, is probably going to make a huge difference for a yeah. lot of people. And it, it right? lasted three minutes of a conversation. I mean, I can't imagine your conversations with people don't last just three minutes, do they? Sometimes they're three minutes, and sometimes, like I said, like, we we have to go to bed, and they're, <laughs> they're hanging around two hours later, you know? And those are the great conversations. Yeah. Maybe they come back, and they want to talk some more. But, I mean, it's... Yeah, some of them, like a lot of them have lasted probably like twenty or thirty minutes. I'd yeah. say it's probably a, a good, good average. A complete stranger. Complete, like like walks by, says I like your flag that says we go further together. Or what are y'all doing in this white van with a bike <laughs> on top? Luckily, there's a bike on top, you know. <laughs> but and we'll just pull up places with the doors open and our twinkly lights and dream catchers, and uh, people just want to talk about it. The the uh, the van's a good conversation starter. The bike's a good conversation starter, and my dog's a good conversation starter. Yeah. And so those just kind of dancing? no, no, like not even. Do you dance? I mean, like I I goofy dance all the time by myself, but nothing no dancing so far. Nothing, nothing like purposeful. You know, like yeah. I'm not going anywhere to dance. Is that you, no, but you could just throw in some like house music and on in the van oh, and see who who joins. See what happens. Join <laughs> <laughs> you got the disco no. ball right there at the front. <laughs> not quite my vibration yet. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what that, what the desert does to me. Well, yeah, yeah. we'll ask you this. Have you have you yelled? Uh uh like in frustration or just in general? Just yelled as loud yeah. as you could. Yeah. How many times? Once. Did it feel good? It felt pretty good. Yeah, it was it was my my worst day on the road. Yeah, and Pat and I was like, I just want to scream. Patrick was like, Well, then scream. And I was like, Ah! I was like, That was dramatic. It feels yeah. better though. <laughs> yeah. 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 But it was it was the worst day because I'd had I had a single beer. It was my only drink at the trip. I had a single beer because yeah. I was just like in Memphis, and there was this Goza sour watermelon beer, which is like sours are my favorite beer, and I just like. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to try it. I was like, one beer will be fine. I got a 18% recovery because of a single survey. <laughs> and the next day we crossed over the Mississippi river and it, it's, it was a holiday. You know, like we've, we've deemed border days, holidays, like maximum celebration. If you cross from one state to another, like that's an incredible day, you know, cause there's only a couple of those on the trip. We crossed the Mississippi river. Yeah. That's into Arkansas and it's a great day and Google Maps put me on 18 miles of gravel not not dirt but like four inches of gravel that I couldn't stay upright on like I was wiping out 
And so I, I think was there's like, another section, right? And uh, that's also dirt or something. There's there's a couple, I'm yeah. sure. Google, there's no way around it. Google Maps has been trying to do some crazy stuff so far. <laughs> Google, get your stuff together. Like, we're trying but, to up your mental game. Bro. Yeah, right? like, <laughs> but I'm not. I have to like get out and walk. Like I don't want to have to walk. But um, so we rerouted into onto I-40, I think, or something like that, onto like one of the feeder roads. And I could like, you know how you can see forever and like the horizon is as far as you can see, but there were trees on the side of the road. And so you could see in the road disappeared, but you could still see the trees in the same line. So you could see further than 12 miles because you could, that's how far you can see before it curves. Yeah. And it was further than 12 miles in a straight line. And there was a 15 mile an hour headwind which whenever you're biking 25 miles an hour, you're going 10 miles an hour, but you're yep. putting in that much more yep. effort. Yep. And I was, and I hadn't had that kind of headwind yet. Yep. Slash I'd had a beer the night before in terrible recovery yep. and I was in a terrible mental space and I was just like so frustrated <laughs> and it was so hot and Arkansas was ugly. <laughs> and, and I finally just like after, you know, 10 miles an hour, like 55 miles, like that's a long time with a break for lunch. And like 22 miles took me like two and a half hours. And I was just go, I'm looking at my Garmin and it says nine and a half miles an hour. And I'm just like, so, so mad. I come over the hill and Patrick's parked there. And I was like, video this. And he just like gets out the video and I just go, I'm like, I want to preface this by saying I'm not complaining. (laughs) I'm, I'm not here to like get pity. I'm not here for anything other than I want to also highlight how, shitty this is sometimes and today is one of those days and i'm just like this is what's happening this is how i feel and it was just she needed a vent yeah and i just needed a vent i needed to like show people like we're going to show you the good stuff but we also need to make sure you know that like life's not always sunshine and rainbows like this is this is not always it's beautiful we're showing you the cool moments like showering in the middle of knoxville and like doing all this cool stuff but like there's a lot of roadkill out here. Like it stinks. (laughs) You're getting passed by chicken trucks. People are almost killing you with their car. Like it's, how's how's the relationship with you and Patrick? Honestly, like our relationship is incredible. It's (laughs) like I, Davis and I would have probably hit each other by now. (laughs) Cause like we live with each other for two years and you know, we're very much so brothers. So it would have probably gotten physical, but Patrick and I are, are, have worked a lot together, but we haven't spent a whole lot of time. We've only known each other for three years, but on day like nine of the trip, you know, it's been close to a little less than a week of riding. And I'm just super tired after every single day slash in the morning. And he's doing all of the logistics of like figuring out what we're like, where we're staying and where we're going next. And I asked him in that, that morning, I was like, so where are we going today? And he was like, you know, I don't have to be doing all this. And I was like, Oh no. And I looked at him, I was like, Patrick, we got to unpack this. And so like, I let him vent and he was like, I just feel like I'm doing it all. I was like, yes, you're right. I could be doing more. I should be doing more. I'm trying to get my physical like energy and mental energy back from riding 55 miles. I'm not trying to use that excuse and I will try harder. And eventually like right now, it's just like a part of my day, unless it's a 77 mile day or it's really, really hot or some really windy. It's just like, okay, let's knock this out. Some mornings we just found out that we can, you know, work until one or two and still finish the ride before sunset, which is a golden hour ride and really pretty. Yeah. 
Um, but I don't think that's going to be possible whenever we're in the desert because it's going to be way too hot for that. You're not going to escape that. It's going to be hot all the time. Our relationship has been has been really good, and we're really good at communicating. But Davis is joining um, for the last half and so we'll see how that changes it does change the dynamic right like three people this this company the dynamic is like you know two people is like we have to get along but three people is like you can gang up on each other (laughs) and so that'll be a really interesting yeah yeah yeah, (laughs) are they talking shit about me while i'm like riding in there in the van like likely they'll after me man (laughs) but whatever wait so all three y'all sleeping in the van Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Somebody's bringing a sleeping bag yeah, or a tent he's, somewhere. Right? Davis is bringing a sleeping bag and a tent. And uh, he's going to sleep on the floor of the van where Atlas has been sleeping. But the problem with that is whenever we blast the AC, because there's no AC in the van whenever you turn it off, uh, that's where all like the exhaust is and the engine is. And so it gets really hot on the floor. Yeah. And so we made like this pallet for Atlas on top of the coolers so that he wasn't on top of the floor. Um, but Davis is too big for that so we'll see how hot he gets i'm sure he'll end up pitching a tent a couple nights slash probably weaseling his way into the bed um, to go three but uh yeah we're gonna figure it out and i'm really excited for a change of speed yeah. you know yeah. and and especially another person that can help and then hopefully maybe the speed food. up the the, the morning routine, yeah right? because yeah. the morning routine i mean i was ta- i was telling y'all earlier that it takes 33 minutes to make coffee and make breakfast before you've even started eating. Like I timed it the other day and I timed it a couple of days. You know, like what else do you have to do? besides so just like <laughs> figure out how long things take. Cause whenever things start taking consistently three hours to get out of the, get on the road, it's like, where are we losing all this time? Right. That's why I was like, what the hell are y'all doing for three yeah, hours? Like, it's not, it's not like we're intentionally taking our time. <laughs> it's like, we're doing things, yeah. but they just add up. Uh, what are some of your most common thoughts while writing? Um, I mean, it's just, I really think a lot about how crazy it is that we're doing this (laughs) and how it still hasn't kicked in, but like we're doing it, you know, and I don't think it will until like a month after it's done. I'm like, what did we just do for two months? Like, I just, I just, I just packed up my, like, I just packed up my life for two months and left. And now I've ridden across the country and now I'm back. But like, everything's the same yeah 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 but you're not but i'm not yeah. and that's i think one of the craziest things you know people always give you know like those students that study abroad and everyone's always gives them shit it's like oh studies abroad once it's like no it really does change yeah. you yeah. like go getting him going and get going and getting sorry it's an ad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going and getting immersed in a in another culture like an experience for any amount of time like over you know a couple weeks like that's a lot it, it really accelerates growth Um, and I think that's going to be one of the hardest parts about this is like, people are going to get sick of hearing about it, you know? But I'm going to be like, I'm not stop. I'm never going to stop talking about this until I do the next thing. No, hell no. But it's such a, look, it's a story that needs to be told. It's not, it's not, it's not your story anymore. You realize that once you share this story with others, other people grow the legend. They talk about like this guy I know that I met, like you said, the ripple effect. Yeah. This guy I know is doing I'll this. I'll probably like, say my friend. My friend. My friend Joe. That's cool. <laughs> Complete strangers are going to refer to you in the highest regard for the rest of their lives. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> he flipped over. Oh, man. Oh, my God. We just watched it. Are you okay? <laughs> that happened to your son the other night. 
Oh my god! So we just and everybody's laughing. Everybody's laughing. <laughs> we're good. We're good. We had a gentleman just fall over on a chair on the patio next he, to us. He's not drunk. It's just it, the chair. Yeah, it's just the chair. It's, it's yeah. We're good. We're good. We're yeah, back. We're back. We're back. <laughs> we're back. We're back. That's awesome. We got more. We. You. How about your dog over here? Is this yours? The, uh, yes, Atlas. Get over here, doggy. Literally, <laughs> like we're we're broadcasting live from a ranch. Like we're not. We're not in the podcast studio. We're here with folks that we are just meeting for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Like, like, is this really this is a party. This is a party for Joe and Patrick and 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 the crew, right? Like you're you're now four deep, right? Because uh, you got two other guys now with Davis, right? And uh, I his name right there again, the guy that was filming earlier. Pat. Oh, Price. Price. Yeah. Yeah. And he's the one doing putting all the footage together. Yeah. At home. Yeah. So you have four now. And he was joking about that, actually. He was like, it's funny because I'm in on all of y'all's jokes and humor, yeah. but like, I'm not with y'all. Yeah. yeah. But I get a nice shower every night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just what, doesn't get to experience like everything firsthand. Living know? vicariously, though. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's how I look at it, too. Because think. Has he thought about joining in? He has. He was like, I would drop it in an instant, but y'all need me more back here. Ah, that's hilarious. Right. That's <laughs> hilarious. I was like, yes, we really, we really do. Well, let me ask you this. Patrick's not riding at all, right? Because he uh-uh. can't. What about Davis? We've actually thought about that. It's like now that there's two more people, they, they have an opportunity to get a taste of my life. <laughs> you should and just I, make them do it. You, yeah. can find, you can find somebody to let you borrow a bike for a day yeah. a bit. Yeah, and we actually one of our buddies was gonna bring his. I don't know that he did or not, but um, they're kind of excited about it. And yeah, I, and I'm really excited to be like, please give me the windiest day, <laughs> and I, that will make it so much better on me because like you're gonna realize how much this sucks, and it'll make it suck less that day for yeah, me. Yeah. You know, then they're gonna think of this in a whole different perspective, yeah. right? Whole another connection, and that's really important. And yeah. I wish that I could see the opposite, but I can't stop riding and right. ride along for a day. Right. You know? Yeah, but really, like, we're riding on your coattails here because we're trying to, like, we get to come up here and for the people listening, we're riding with you tomorrow, you know, because uh, we, why not? Because why not? <laughs> and we were driving over here and I was like, Baldo, we're going to be riding on this Well, he was right kind of like, dude, I got, because uh, it was my birthday on Thursday. He's like, I got you a DJ for, like, Saturday. And I was like, no, nah, we're going to go up to. Heck yeah, this ride. is his birthday gift. This birthday <laughs> weekend, this is what he chose to do this weekend. Yeah. That's why, does that happen this week that y'all decided that? Pretty much. Pretty, well, no, I mean, no, had, no, 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 no. This was weeks leading up to this because okay. we, because well, the thing was, like, you know, and I, we, we, we I mean, each I threw other. it out there. I was like, but, maybe on my weekend birthday. But here's the thing: a month ago or so, or maybe not two weeks ago, Aaron was like, they're gonna be riding through Oklahoma in a couple weeks, and then Baldo said, hey, they're gonna be going through Oklahoma in a couple weeks. Do you want to go? I said, well, we just went through Oklahoma. I, I let me see, blah blah blah. You know, see how things go. And sure enough, he's like, I want to do this for my birthday. I want to go up to see and ride with Joe. I was like, okay, well, let's do it. Like, we're, I guess we're doing it. Aaron was like, already like, I'm in. Like, we're doing. I'm driving. Okay. Oh, and then he wrote, and then uh, and then Omar came, the oldest. Oh, so you didn't hear this? So, so my oldest is here, right? The six year old. Okay, because he wants to see Nana. He's here. He's here. The car seat. We had to take it out. He'll be. A, so, he'll be around tomorrow, dude. Heck yeah. We don't have a bike rack, and we have two bikes in there, and a car seat. And John. I was riding like this in the back, <laughs> like this. I was like, oh my god, dude, this is crazy. Oh yeah, we got Patrick in. Hello. We got Patrick here. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Put those on. It's ready oh, to go, yes. man. We've been waiting for you. I've never done a podcast before. Hell yeah, Ooh, dude. Yeah. So good. I love it. So for Hell everyone joining yeah. us, this is Patrick. Hello. This- Hello. I am captain of the van. That's right. <laughs> he is He van, is steering dude. the ship. 
right? Oh yeah, I'm full pirate. Yep. So so you're just you. This is a whole another aspect to this because you haven't been riding at all. No, but I've not been, been on a bike once. But you have been here this whole time together. Absolutely. This is your life too. Yeah, yeah. Every part of it. Okay. And the lives we live every day are so so different. You know. This is your life yeah. partner now, right? Yep. Living <laughs> <laughs> together. Sure. <laughs> yes. This is incredible. So two guys. Driving across country, you're watching your best friend do this. Okay, what's going through your head this whole time? Uh, first off, that he is insane. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely love it. Um, you know, it is just so so cool to see your best friend push himself to the absolute limits every day, and I think that I've seen immense growth in him from now or from the beginning until now already, and I can't imagine what it's going to be like another half of this. Sure. And yeah, so just getting to watch that in your friend is it's amazing. And you're, you can almost hear the smile in in, in your voice right now, yeah. right? Because yeah. you're just grinning from ear to ear. You're so happy. Yeah. I mean, like even just conceptually, this was just an idea four months ago and then <laughs> to pull this off and be in it now it still blows my mind and then also to see that mental health aspect of it really grow has been awesome yeah and, uh, i was gonna say yeah. we went through what joe has been learning about himself what about you learning about myself um you know <laughs> i've talked about this with joe before that I, when, when I'm in an interview or something and they say, what's your biggest weakness? My answer is always patience. Like I am not a patient person. <laughs> yeah. And this ride has really tested those patients, that patience for me because, you know, I'm sitting around on the side of the road for hours a lot of the time. I'm in this support role all of the time. <laughs> And so it's really made me dig into myself and, <laughs> and kind of take on that patience aspect. Um, and so it's been something I can kind of grow in and meditate on. And, and yeah, it's been That's cool right. for me. And yeah. you've been journaling too? Yeah, every day. Every He's day. actually mm -hmm. the one that inspired me to journal. Really? Yeah. He told you, he's like, you need to do this. He journaled. So he did a thing called Semester at Sea a couple of years ago where they spent a semester like tr like circumnavigating the globe and going to all these different places. And I'll let him tell you about that if he wants to. But he journaled that whole trip. And whenever he told me about that, I was like, oh, we're doing that for this. And so I got us like four like journals and gave him two. And I kept two. And I was like, we're going to journal this. Right. And he had already planned on it. But he was like, you already got these. These are perfect. How many pages are we in deep right now? I am more than halfway through mine yeah. um i pages i don't know probably yeah. yeah more than 60 or 70 um and it's all on the spot every day writing but it's on the spot every day but, right yeah yeah i just think it's so important to write these things down so that when when, when i'm like a, an old wrinkly man i can kind of sit back and be like wow look how filled my book is with my life yeah. of and, and those small details make those colors so much more vivid yeah um and yeah both of my grandparents have struggled with alzheimer's dementia and so i kind of told myself you know i want to keep records and memories on written pages so that i can look back and have these for myself if i ever have those problems right know? and he he mentioned the same thing with yeah. the, the dvd guy mm, yeah charles charles yeah and I, I love how you all remember their names that is the craziest yeah. part is that i'm terrible with names but I've not. remembered every single <laughs> no, one of these. You know, and names. you uh, both of you like there. You mentioned Bruce to Charles and all that, and that's what I was saying before. They're going to refer to you as our friend Patrick, our friend Joe, yeah. and they're completely strangers. Like thirty minutes before this, right? Yeah, it, it, it's insane how deep we can get with people 
after just meeting them and then we kind of just disappear it's these weird fleeting conversations where we pop into these lives and then have these really deep and emotional talks and then move on uh but but yeah those names and the conversations they stick with us and we talk right. about them every day right and even yeah. after like you're riding down the road and you're like you remember that guy he told me because the thing is sometimes too you're gonna have different conversations with that same person mm-hmm. right because they're not always in front of you the whole time either, right? You have a conversation with someone down the road and it's like, how many people has he talked to today? Or yeah. who's helping? You don't even know. It's like, how long is he? He's not here yet. What happened to him, right? So are y'all like walkie-talkies or what? Like, yeah. what's, like what's going that, on? That's my favorite thing when Joe comes up to the bike window at the end of the day and he's like, you won't believe who I talked to. You won't believe what happened. I'm like, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. But that's incredible because like we talked about it earlier. It's it's a story that resonates with one another with one another and it's so cool because we get excited. Like think about this, like all the people that came up, your parents came up here. Mm-hmm. Right? And yeah. apparently like I mean it's a party. This is a party. <laughs> yeah. These are your your friends from yeah, college, yeah. These right? These are some of our best friends. Best yeah. friends right here that wouldn't miss us for the world. Aggies. Yeah. Right? And they came up here and the families came up here, so apparently you're close with the families, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. this is and the, and Scott here is incredible. He's opened the door and just like, yeah, let's Scotty all come here. Scotty and Janet just the best hosts ever. I mean, this is amazing yeah. here. And when you said you have a setup here, like, look, I was a while ago. We were like, dude, it's raining. You're like, what's well, kind of outdoors here? I'm like, dude, does he have a house? Do you need shelter? Like, do we need-? I was like, we're gonna have to get a hotel for these guys because I'm thinking like you're living in a van <laughs> down next to a river somewhere, right? That's where it is. We do that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of what we do. That's awesome, though, right? You'll never, you'll never be God the same forbid. after this. You'll never be the same after this. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. For the better, probably, right? 100%, yeah. Yeah, I I think that's, yeah, you can't even argue that for sure. Well, I heard that you nailed it on on some photography, right? You you sold it. I was going to tell you this. Uh, Well, I didn't know if this was was the same story I was talking about with that post and all that. What are you talking about? I heard you sold your first photography. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've wanted to get That's... into the print scene with my photos for, for years now. And there's just been this strange barrier for me. I'm a huge perfectionist and I want everything to be set up perfect before it happens. And Joe's kind of been someone in my life who pushes me to be like, no, act now. Just do it. That's what we were and talking so, about. There's yeah. so much learning. <laughs> yeah. Just and, doing. yeah. And so on this ride, we kind of came up with the idea of like, what if I just got prints for this show that we're doing? And so I did. And. Now my first print is sold. Congratulations. <laughs> and it feels one step closer to that dream. You're professional now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. That's official. <laughs> was it Here we black, are. Are they the black and white ones? Uh, one of them was black and white. It was of some waves. And then the other is blue. And it's the Blue Ridge Mountains color. So there was a post he did a couple weeks ago. Uh, on, it was like a bunch of black and whites. And I think you had just gone through either tennessee or somewhere all the portraits the, yeah they're oh, all the portraits yeah. on and i reposted it because oh, it was raining that was the, yeah, i've been yeah. reposting your stuff all along but that was the one that resonated with everyone the most yeah it, it's beautiful getting to hear all these conversations across the way and and everyone's got a different face everyone's got a different story but it's one of the coolest things that we've started connecting the dots between these stories of things that are are very unifying between them you know finding uh your creativity to uh, be an outlet for your mental health issues to the message of do it now. That's what we've learned from a lot of people. And at first I think we were kind of like, wow, like a lot of these answers are the same. We're looking for diversity across America. And it kind of hit us like, you know, 
this is really powerful that a lot of these answers are the same because it shows that these mental health issues are so, so unifying and people are going through the same thing. They're just scared to take that jump to talk about it. So when we open these conversations up with people, you know, we're, we're learning that, that people can, people can relate to each other on this. They just have to take that step of hearing the question and answering. That's right. And yeah. maybe having a space to yeah, do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Because that's why I asked them too. I was like, you don't have people like you're not asking questions. You're not coming up to yeah. people trying to introduce yourself. Right. They just come to you. How do Very they know? Often, How do yeah. they know? How do they know to come to y'all? It's just a frequency. Right? It's, the crystal, it's the crystals in our van. It's, it's the crystals in our van. Yeah. It's our dream catchers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. It's yeah. very cool. I was asking him if y'all were planning on having a disco ball at some point, throwing a little house party off of the van. <laughs> oh, one of those <laughs> silent discos? Can we borrow these? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? That'd be really cool with the lights going off on the side yeah. like two in the morning. You'd have some cops probably pull up. <laughs> They'd probably approach you a little differently. But yeah, yeah that's maybe in the West Coast. When that, that's a Cali vibe, right? Tell him that story about the cops the other day. <laughs> <laughs> so all of our run-ins with the police so far have been <laughs> great ones. Like, like great I, y'all talked about Bruce. You yeah, know, like, Bruce, he gave yeah, us a fan and a driveway. Like <laughs> they love what we're doing. And for the first time, I had not a negative experience, but like a oh, I'm kind of in trouble experience. So. I drive halfway, and so I was at 25 miles, and I was posted up on this hill. I was making some PB&Js in the backseat and <laughs> kind of like doing work on my computer at the same time. So I was in the back of the van, and the, the driver door all of a sudden just opens, and I was kind of like, okay. And then a head pops in, and a, it's a man, and he's like, what are you doing? And, I, and I, was, I didn't know it was a policeman, so I just thought someone opened our car door. So I was kind of like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, Who are you? And so I crawl up to the to the front seat, and I'm like half in the front seat, half in the back, like on all fours, looking at this guy like, who are you and what are you doing in my van? <laughs> and I see he's got a gun, and I'm like, oh, it's a policeman. So I'm like, oh, sorry, officer, I didn't realize you were police. And he, so he asks again, what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm here to pick up my buddy. He's on his bike. And he's kind of like, oh, are you aware that you're parked across from the penitentiary? <laughs> so wrong thing to say to a policeman parked in front of the penitentiary. I'm, picking up my I'm just picking up my buddy. <laughs> and... Oh, so he, uh, so he kind of awesome. starts asking more details on this, asks for my ID. They go run it in the back. And I'm I'm like, yeah, we're on this bike ride across America. We're doing it for mental health. And he's like, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, where'd they get the bike from? Right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, if you don't believe me, just drive three miles that way. He's on the bike. <laughs> Uh, and so, yeah, I reassure him. I say, officer, he is not a prisoner except to his pedals. And he didn't laugh. I thought it was funny. And, and then I made the mistake of getting out of the car. I was like, here, let me show you my van. And I, I like get out of the car and they're like, no, get back in your car. And, yeah, that was that. Was that. We, were, we came to good terms. He, he pulled my ID back around. He was like, he's clear. And that's when he, <laughs> he was, you made did, it. When did he believe you? 
I, I don't know that they ever really did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he kind of started asking me more detailed questions. He was like, so what kind of bike is he on? And I was like, a Trek. It's my mom's bike. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's hilarious, dude. Yeah. That's so funny. You didn't uh, show the Instagram or anything? Like, you didn't have service? No. And we have a poster on the back of our van of Joe with his arms wide open and the bike. And I was like, officer, oh, scan like the QR code. It's like know? more of a missing sign. Like a flyer right there missing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I just I didn't realize that There's I was like I was literally <laughs> parked right across from the That's jail awesome. <laughs> in a white van in a popular drug drop spot. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, let me ask you that again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> let's come up with something better. He's probably yeah. like, yeah, that's a pretty good story. I'm gonna. I guess if he bu- he's busting people out, right? <laughs> he deserves it at this point just because that's a great story. It would have been really cool <laughs> if he'd have been like, all right, and asked for like a bribe or something, right? <laughs> like, well, right, I'll let you slide if it's, uh, you know, holds out the hand. Like, yeah. oh, shit. What do you want, a peanut butter and jelly? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all a non-profit budget. We're non-profit. <laughs> <laughs> You're taking from us? Dude, come on. We're trying to fundraise, bro. That's <laughs> they were really nice. They, they, they were fine. Uh, we got some good You jokes. never know what you're going to get out there, what? you know? Like, you never think, literally just sitting next to a cornfield for three hours, you don't think anything crazy is going to happen. And, like, I've seen a car crash right in front of me. Like, I've had these police officers. You just, you never know. <laughs> like, it's, shit gets burned. Just all, they, that thing set on fire for no reason. <laughs> like, why is that on fire over there? Yeah. yeah. Wait, have y'all been stuff. lost at all this, this whole trip? Uh, day three. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, day three, we hadn't we hadn't gone over like the scenario of like what happens if you know we hadn't talked about what happens if my phone dies and we can't find each other or anything like that. So no plan. we're going on different routes. Like I don't know how to use my Garmin yet. My phone dies. This is a seventy, like a sixty-four mile day, like the longest day yet, and uh, I lose my phone dies. So I get off route. Because his route on Google Maps, I guess that's the only way for them to line up. My Garmin can go other places, but it never takes the same route. It always takes you like the safest possible route. So it adds like 10 miles. And so I lose him because I I forget, like my phone just died out of nowhere. I didn't like know it was going to die. And uh, so I didn't warn him. And so he like has no idea where I am. I miss a turn. I end up going like five miles further that way and then having to like navigate my way back. And meanwhile, I think Patrick has like just ditched me. I thought he like went to the next town to charge our stuff. I'm getting saddle sores on my butt because I didn't put any more chamois butter on my, you know, down there. And uh, I'm just like kind of a little bit peeved. I'm like, Patrick, Patrick just ditched me. Like, I guess I'm on the right route and he just ditched me. And meanwhile, Patrick is. Yeah, I <laughs> I noticed that Joe took a wrong turn on Find My Friends. I Okay, back up. I had the coolest photo set up on the side of the road with my <laughs> tripod. I practiced it on cars going by, and I sat there for a good 30 minutes just ready to get this shot, <laughs> and Joe never came around the corner. And so I checked Find My Friends, and I, I saw that he had made a different turn on the road. So I go down there and I start driving down this road and I quickly realize his phone had died because it, it said was no longer he was, moving. It said he was there like 30 minutes ago <laughs> and then his little dot wasn't moving anymore. So I'm like, okay, he's probably down this road. And so I go down there, no sight of him. So I go back up and go down a different road, no sight of him. And at this point, it's like 45 minutes to an hour later. We, we had never come up with a plan. So I'm kind of like... 
do I meet him at the town we were supposed to go to? Or is he in trouble on the road somewhere and I need to go find him? And so I'm driving like 80 miles an hour across every country road that this area has. And we are, I don't know, an hour and a half away from sunset. And I called Dave, our buddy over here. And he's like NASA grounds crew for us. He's got the maps open and he's like, okay, if he took this road, he would make it here in 30 minutes. You need to take this left turn and go here. And I kind of start panicking. I'm like, we have no way to connect. He could be anywhere. He could be kidnapped. I have no idea. He doesn't even have my phone number in his pocket or anything. And yeah, <laughs> I was just zooming all around for a good two hours, and we kind of were like, okay, if the sun goes down, we're just going to have to call the police. That's what we're going to have to do. <laughs> oh, my God. And so we decide, I decide to go to the town and see if I can wait for him there. And just by chance, I see him cross the road. He was coming down the road towards me, and I was on the phone with Dave, and I was like, oh, my God, I see him. <laughs> and I just like roll the window down and I look at him and I'm like, You idiot! And he looks at me like, You idiot! <laughs> he said, He said, You shithead! <laughs> and I'm, I'm like, At this point, I'm pissed at Patrick, who's just calling me a shithead. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And I pull over on the side of the road and we like realize there's been this miscommunication. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you didn't know you were lost for the last two hours? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God. Oh, That's hilarious. So we went and got a endless barbecue buffet that day and that was our that was our first time eating out we were like we we need this oh, here's your makeup meal <laughs> right, right. it was like I, we, we do not have the energy to cook tonight i will get collard greens yeah. and you know all the healthiest possible stuff i can get with cake you know like, that's incredible yeah. that's incredible well, speaking so that of barbecue, was a learning I experience uh, yeah. i think they're calling us out over there right? okay. wait so I, I gotta i gotta go into the science aspect of it just before we do and all that because you got about half a bag left unless you yeah. want to speed it up. You can feel it, can't you? Dude, I sped it up a minute He's ago. He's trying to speed it up like, a couple of times. I've yeah, seen it. Like, <laughs> I can feel it in my legs. Yeah, so I'm going to I'm gonna go into the listers here. This is a really incredible thing. What 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 Patrick and, and Joe have been doing is basically journaling their lives in the thick of it, but we've been journaling the science behind how this is working. Right. And so I know you probably have things that you've noticed with your health and sustainability and stuff that you have to do knots, right? Cuts, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. scrapes, things that you have sunburn, right? Like water intake, food intake, which is really interesting to talk about it because you refer to food now as not as anything more than sustenance. Yeah. And fuel. And that's it. And fuel. And fuel. That's really. So we were talking about it. So for the listeners who don't understand this, we had a guy biking, uh, an Iron Man recently around this like I'll never forget we were talking about your nutrition stuff and we had it on the board Eric comes in like an hour later and he writes like when we make Kona which is the grand you know Iron Man uh, which he's never made before he goes this is how long it's going to take where's my nutritional recommendations and so we're doing both the same thing and so he wrote a glucose meter during his race his glucose was sky high his blood sugar right and uh, even after the race, it was still climbing high and he's eating like while we're FaceTiming and I'm looking at his numbers the day of the race. And I'm like, dude, your blood sugar is like 100 points higher than what it should be. I don't know if you should be eating right now. And he's like, well, I'm tired. I don't feel good. I need to eat. And I was like, I don't think you need to now. 
And it's interesting in the morning because you're starting off the day. We talked about the eggs, the oatmeal, like what, like everything, right? It's, it's, dude, Davis had an incredible idea, genius idea. He said egg yolks put in a water bottle. And then he said freeze it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just put it in the, put it in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Canteen. Pour we, them out. We were finding vital proteins that had like a, a carton, like an egg carton, like almost like it's like a milk carton that you would pour in. And I was like, it saves so much time. Yeah. You don't have to worry. It saves space. It tastes just as good. Tastes just <laughs> as good. And you really don't care because you're just like, I just need something in my system, right? Right. So let me ask you this. Y'all pooping consistently? Very. Honestly, yes. <laughs> What's the best place you've pooped at? Wal- mm, <laughs> we, poop at a, we poop at a lot of Walmarts. We love Walmart. It's <laughs> <laughs> like the worst place. <laughs> that's like the best part about staying in a Walmart parking lot and showering there is like, you know, it's not the best place, but you wake up and you can go inside and get groceries and go to the bathroom. <laughs> and it's clean. But and they the, leave you alone pretty much too, right? Yeah. Because that's where you, I was going to ask, like, where do y'all sleep at usually? Different almost every night other than Walmart. You, you just never know. So, but how yeah. many times have you spent the night at Walmart? Probably like 17. Probably do Walmart three times a week. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. And so it's like it's some of them 24 hours, so you have security around the clock that are like – They have overnight policies where like truck drivers can come in and stay there and park. And so – RVs, trucks, and vans with people that are riding their bike across country are welcome. Interesting. Is, is there a lot of truckers that park there? I've never even noticed. Yeah, I imagine. Quite a few. Cause You'll not, notice now. Because you've noticed the loves sure. and the buckies and yeah. all that stuff now, and I'm, they're there all the time too. So do you ever converse with truck drivers? Uh, Once on the way in. That guy who was talking about uh, the angel, whatever. I don't even know how to explain it, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. This we've we've been told to avoid WalMarts by some truck. We did actually talk to Justin, who we interviewed him in uh, Knoxville, and he just had like the best outlook on life. He was like, "I'm just living. Like I'm out here to like whenever I die, I want them to put my ashes under an oak tree and have a party. It's not a funeral. Like all this kind of good stuff." But he was he's a truck driver for a living, and he was telling us like he was like, "Where do y'all stay?" And we're like, "Mainly Walmart." He was like, "Yeah, you should mainly not stay there." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "If you ever see like you know all this kind of sketchy stuff," he's like, "In of course the next Walmart we stayed at, there was like a syringe in the grass, and we're like, oh okay, like yeah. this is kind of a sketchy place, yeah. but." Uh, we haven't felt unsafe really. The most un- unsafe was more of like an eerie unsafe where we like drove 20 minutes into the woods, down, down, down into the, wrong the woods. Trail. No, the right trail, but we like, you know, we parked there and then the sun goes down there and like you can't see anything. There's no light. Back. It was like there was no light. Like anywhere, you couldn't even see the stars because the tree canopy. Wow! And we were like, was that claustrophobic? Kind of. No, we were. In my journal, I wrote it as swallowed by the darkness. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 Like if we hear any footsteps or voices, like it's time to like Like, run. Right. One of those situations where if there's anyone else out there, it's probably not good. It's not good. (laughs) They were waiting for you. (laughs) They were waiting for you. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's good because uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like you look at security and safety as like the number one basis, right? Food and water is like the other one. Sleep, I'm sure. So we'll get into the science a little bit. So his sleep, he's tracking. Are you tracking your sleep? No. Okay. Have you learned anything about sleep because he talks about it? Yes. What have you learned? Uh, I have learned that like even if you feel like you've got a good night's sleep, that may not be the case and that you can tell that through your heart rate and the way it's oh, yeah. it's beating through the night and I, I just see all of his different recovery stats on his whoop. Um, 
Shout so, out. So do you feel like do you feel like a heart rate like increase or decrease sometimes? Out there? Are you noticing stuff like that now? Are you paying attention at all? Honestly, I can't say that I have paid attention <laughs> to that. Um, I will say I feel like I get great sleep in the van, and I don't have a whoop, so I'm not sure what my yeah. my recovery is, and I'm not doing any insane athletic feats but, every day. But, but I think you're syncing together, um, though. But like yeah. y'all are like I, seriously. What your cycles? I mean, it's kind of <laughs> weird with frequencies. Yeah, I mean, like we kind of both just wake up at yeah. the exact same time yeah. without an alarm yeah and and then you go to bed, go to bed at the same at the, time very much the and same i think time. that's actually been one of the big keys for the good recovery for me is we don't set an alarm or we haven't yet we have to now until we get into a really good sleep routine but pretty much just wake up like we if we went to bed late we we're just like all right we'll wake up when we wake up because it doesn't really matter you know yeah we're not on anyone else's schedule um, but one of the big things that I've learned is even though you might feel like you got a really bad night of sleep, like waking up at three in the morning, covered in sweat and a pool of sweat, your pillow is soaking wet. You have to wipe your torso off with your shirt cause you're so wet. And then you turn the AC on, you go back to bed all pissed. You're like, there went my night of sleep. You wake up the next morning, you got a 96 recovery and you're like, what? <laughs> like I would have, I would have woken up this morning and been so pissed about the night's sleep I got last night, but somehow I still got a 96. So <clears throat> whenever you have that recovery and we're referring that to the whoop, the whoops of watch that tracks your sleep patterns, right? Like your REM and it tracks your deep sleep. So what's your goal with sleep? Uh, the goal with sleep is to pretty much go to bed as consistently at the same time and wake up as consistently at the same time as yeah. possible. Cause that's, that's whenever you're, yeah. what's the cycle? What's the, um, sleep cycle? no, the circadian rhythm. Circadian. Yeah. Your yeah. circadian rhythm. Like that's the most important aspect to sleep, right? It's yep. like doing it consistently. So if we can do those things consistently and wake up whenever our body wants us to wake up, yep. not whenever we're forcing it to wake right. up and go to sleep whenever we should be going to sleep. Right. Not just when we're exhausted. And it's then, also different when you wake up to an alarm and you get that shock of like, oh shit, I got to yeah. yeah. Well, and then you're in, instantly you have cortisol in your system too. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. You have a different kind of cortisol. Y'all are both building, right? When y'all wake up in the morning, the rush hour traffic is not there, right? You're just basically saying, I got to get food in me. You already got that covered because you're not worried about that, right? You're not worried about coffee. You're not worried about food, right? Because you have enough. And then whenever you go through the process of it, you're already kind of planning your day ahead, right? So like you're already... I actually, you're, you said work earlier, like, which is interesting. This job of you traveling across the country is like work, right? Because you have a routine, you have a checklist, right? And have y'all developed like a certain routine already now, like that you have, that you have to do, what's a non-negotiable for y'all, like each one of y'all? Journaling. Journaling. Yeah, you said the same thing. That's the same for me too. But one of the biggest things with routine is like, I'm doing TikToks. I'm, I'm tied in with Outdoorsy, who's really really helped make this happen to like make content for them as well and put tiktok out there but one of the hardest things with routine has been like i thought we were gonna have a lot more service oh yeah and mm -hmm. we we went through arkansas and we didn't have service for like five days it wasn't like you know we had zero service but we, like we could call someone or text someone we didn't have internet yeah yeah for five days even at night and you think that you're gonna get to your camping spot and uh, be able to make four TikToks and then go to bed real quick, but that's just not the case sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so that kind of that's been or kind of building up. Forever, right? Yeah, and that's been building up in me. And so it's like I'm getting kind of anxious because I'm, you know, I have this uh, 
commitment. Well, commitment to somebody else and I want to be able to do it, but I can't right now. And so like, that's been one of the hardest things with the routine for me is the lack of internet connection and I'll be able to do it, you know, but that kind of stuff kind of builds up. You're like, oh, now I got to do six tonight. Like mm. that's, that's a lot of editing. Yeah. But I think what we get <clears throat> distracted about is like what you're actually going through. Like, we don't know what y'all are going through. We don't experience. We're going to experience it tomorrow a little bit, but not. We're not living in a van right now. Like, y'all are like, that's the thing. Yeah. So you forget because there's such a disconnect from what y'all are doing right now. Like, we lived to uh, live off the grid, you know, several times this past year, and you don't need much. Yeah, no. I, w- I was going to say, and it's interesting you brought up Maslow's needs. Yeah. I, I feel like my schedule every day is really built around those, and it this whole situation has forced us into really focusing on the bare essentials of water, food, and shelter. And that's kind of how my day is organized where once we start the ride, I go get water first. And so I go to a ton of gas stations and fill up all of our water. And then I go halfway and I make lunch for us. And that's Joe's fuel for the next day. And then I end my day by finding where we're going to stay and finding that security for us. And so my schedule is really built around these bare essentials and, and those core human needs right there. Yeah. And so yeah. did you, <clears throat> did you understand this before going in or do you just, you now had to realize this? It was definitely a realization we yeah. kind of had after week one when we were just like, we are really focusing on what we need. Like we, we wanted to do all of these things like TikToks, this and that. And, sure. Um, we were just like, wow, all, finding all of these bare essentials is taking up all of our time. And yeah. we've slowly built this good routine out of it. Right. But I'm so sure you built this like grace and this just being thankful for yeah. being oh, for absolutely. all the bonuses right? Yeah. That, yeah. We, yeah. that we get to do on well, our daily life. Well, I mean, we, we want to know more, right? And we're a culture that's used to being able to put a camera up and film and, and be able to do that. Now, in a sense, like we can't connect with you. Right. Like, you know, thinking like, well, shit, they're not there yet because maybe they're biking over there right now. You know, maybe it's like you said, the service like you found the Ozarks. Like there's no there's no service for a while. Like Missouri, I'm like, do they even have towers out here? Like this is crazy. Right. So I get that. But it's those little things that you forget about. And when you're out there and you have a solid like place to sleep on and you're not worried about something coming and doing something to you, it's everything you can go to sleep. That is the number one thing as well as like the van actually feels like home. Yep. Oh yeah. Like it doesn't matter if we're in a Walmart parking lot. It doesn't matter if we're a truck stop with millions of mosquitoes. It doesn't matter if we're swallowed by the woods. Like we're taking everything that feels like home with us every single time. And I think that's one of the most important, really essential levels of comfort that we do still have. Is like if we were on bicycles with tents, like oh my gosh! I mean, I guess the tent would eventually feel like home, you yeah, know. But like you're it's packing different. that up every single day, and it's disappearing, and then coming, you know, coming back to fruition. But it's not solid though. That's the thing. Not, if something falls solid. on it, yeah. But the, like, the van, like you know, I feel really safe in the van. Yep. If as long as it's locked up, yeah. You know, like someone could take the bike, maybe like that'd be not great. Someone could break a window but like they're not getting in right you know but it it feels safe that's why that reaction you had to the cop like what are you doing this is this is mine this This is is us yeah (laughs) get out of my house it's (laughs) interesting we've actually like had offers of a nice shower or a nice bed caught to sleep on with people and we've still stayed in the van sometimes because it's kind of that comfort factor of, yeah. and the routine factor of we're ending our day here. This is what, where we know we can get our good sleep. And, uh, yeah, it's, 
It's interesting. And it's our it's our home on wheels. Well, I was gonna say, and then now you have a third person coming in. Yeah, yeah. Right. So dynamics gonna shift. So this guy has to he has to jump on board. I see him over there right now. He's pumped about it, and I'm sure he is. But it he's gonna have to get on board with everything else. And he's coming basically almost a cook, right? So now you're gonna have basically a, <laughs> is he a cook? <laughs> yeah, he's he said he's but he's the one who came up with the egg idea. So yeah, like yeah. I'm saying, well, he, he said I'd love to cook, so I'm doing the cooking. Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. And this thing you don't have to he worry about that anymore. What we have I horses. Know. We have horses. We have horses over here. Yeah, she just she just saddled that horse up and she. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. This is cool. I couldn't imagine. Well, now if you start doing that and we get people riding horses with you while you're cycling, that's going to be awesome. Can you imagine? Y'all definitely got to film that and do a TikTok. (laughs) Maggie's on a horse. That's awesome. Well, I think we've covered quite a bit. Yeah. Right? This is, like I said, I think this will go down as our best podcast so far. Real quick. What's in there? Oh. Uh, okay, so we tell everyone who's listening to our IVs, uh, or to our podcast, what's in our IVs. Um, Joe here is getting a very special IV. <clears throat> Imagine that we have supplied his nutrition, uh, and I guess Patrick as well, uh, this trip. I don't know if you tried any of the vitamins or not, but um, we have everything to cover Joe's nutritional needs outside of food in order for his body, which is like a machine or a car, to basically go across the country and not basically break down. So in the IV, I was trying to think, well, what can I do with one punch, you know, <laughs> you know, literally halfway through the country? Um, we, we increased NAD in this, and it's a combination of other vitamins. You have B vitamins, your amino acids, arginine, carnitine, glutamine, glutathione. So we boosted your immune system. You know, I imagine with, throughout this whole deal with the climate changes and the weather changes, y'all haven't been sick. And you're not going to get sick. That once. Yeah. And that's yeah. incredible, right? As many things as you're encountering – because you're taking care of yourself and you're not worried about where you're going to get your food, you're not worried about the shelter, your immune system is intact. And so with cuts, you heal quickly. With muscles and tendons that are sore and inflamed, you're doing Graston, you're doing icing, you're doing elevation when you can, right? You had, you showed me the fork. He showed you the fork, right? He's doing, he's yeah. like, what the hell is he doing? It's Graston, it's soft tissue work, right? Now the nutritional aspect is, can we regenerate your muscles? Can we regenerate your liver? Can we regenerate your heart? Your heart's just a pump. Your heart is just fine. We checked your labs beforehand, right? And we looked at every little thing going into it. We did a a scan. He looks great. We're going to add this, exactly what you needed to function better, along with the idea that the mental wellness is a part of you, right? And you have to make sure we have to address that. So let me ask you this. The nutritional aspect with all of this, how has your mental wellness been? I love that you asked yeah. He he was like, you know, I told him about, you know, all these problems that I'm having with my hands and my knee and and honestly those are like they've come and gone and like that's the coolest part. And they're continuing to come and go. And there and then there's going to be some something else crazy at least one more time that pops up. I'm like, I never would imagine that. But he asked, he was like, "Well, how are you feeling? Like how how are how are you mentally? Like yeah. Not just physically, but mentally and and you know, some days are really hard. Um, and I know Patrick can speak to this as well. You know, it's, it's not easy to sit in a van for five hours a day either and just wait, especially when you're lost, especially when you're <laughs> lost, but you know, some days are rough. Um, I talked to y'all a little bit about this as far as like poetry goes and, you know, I'm doing this, this ride for mental health awareness because I've struggled with mental health, you know, otherwise I wouldn't have a huge connection to it. I wouldn't be able to relate to a lot of the things and, and, you know, whenever you immerse yourself in a cause like this, you kind of get flashbacks 
as to like what you've gone through and you have memories of, you know, overcoming and what put you into those states originally. And I had one night that I just, a man asked me the question, are you okay? But you're better now, right? Is what he said. <laughs> and no one's ever asked me that. And it's not that I like questioned like, am I better? But like, I remember my mom asking me as a, as a kid, like, how are you feeling? And every time it gave me such an extreme sense of anxiety because I realized I wasn't like, she was like, are you okay? And I realized I wasn't, but like the longer it went without someone asking me, are you okay? The longer I realized like the, the less I had to think about it, you know? So I got good at sweeping it under the rug, but that night it came out like I, it, I, all those years of sweeping it under the rug and just forgetting about it. It just came back to the surface and I had this long conversation with Patrick. Like he didn't know a lot of my mental health struggles, like depression and just like suicidal thoughts and ADD and all that stuff as a kid. And it, there's a whole lot of science behind all of it and childhood depression and stuff like that and like hormone imbalances and stuff. But I hadn't been checked in on like that. And I like, not that it, it just gave me like this PTSD kind of where yeah. he was, I mean, he was also very, very, uh, graphic about it the way he asked like yeah. you've yeah. probably thought about x and i'm like whoa like that really uh you know like threw me off a little bit so like i had to like kind of immerse myself in that feeling again and it all really came back for a second in like a poetic sense of like just a reminder why you're here yeah. and then it went away the next day how do you feel talking about that right now um you know a lot of me was hesitant it's like you know, I've, I've been, I want to share my story, but I've been struggling to decide what parts of my story I want to share, you know, like being selective with, you know, like this, like the suicidal thought aspect, um, being one of the hardest things to talk about, Of course, yeah. you know, because it's not like it was really just impulsive thought as a kid. Um, and you know what I wanted to share about that and fearing people looking at me differently, but like, you know, i want people to look at me kind of differently because I want people to feel less alone. And the only way to get people to feel less alone is to, for them to know that there's other people that struggles the the way they do. So then maybe someone asking you, yeah, how are you doing? Yeah. Even though it's triggering, there's still someone asking you that question. Right. And it's also thinking about like, okay, how can you also approach the topic with people that are not well? Yeah. Don't ask them, how are you? That doesn't make them feel better. Yeah. It didn't make me feel better. It made me more anxious about why I wasn't feeling better. And it really brought it to light more. And so it was actually really cool. You know, like I was like really, really confused that night. And like Patrick was with me and I was like, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know why this is bringing me such an intense form of anxiety. And a lot of it was also overstimulation from being out with nobody to going to Knoxville with the nightlife and just being parked right there on yeah. the bar. Scene. I was going to say you were with Broadway. Is that what? Yeah. yeah. Like, or gay street, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, do, you, do you journal about his experiences as well? Yeah, like partially. What yeah. he tells you about his experiences—that's yeah. awesome. Do you do the same thing as yeah. well? Like Patrick said, this. Yeah. Um, but it's just uh, the the mental the mental aspect. I mean, that was just extremely poetic, and that's the only way I can look at it. You know, it's just a reminder of like, hey, this is where you came from. Yeah. And you have fully overcome it, 
and it's not always gonna you know it'll always be a struggle you'll always have flashbacks and things that give you like you know smells and stuff like that that are like ooh, i don't really want to smell that right now but it really is just a matter of not sweeping it under the rug but actually addressing it yeah and figuring out what the causes are and then moving on and and it's important to do it once you're out of it because once when you're in it when you're in those bad thoughts and you know, like if anything you just want them to get worse when you're in it like like i felt that before yeah. in my mental struggles where it's like well i can't talk about it when i'm in it because i only want it to get it worse like that's at in that moment it's when i'm out of it that then you feel that shame and you don't want to talk about it yeah but that's when it's most important because you're definitely not doing it when you're in it right yeah yeah and it's weird because you all have the same approach it's you're wanting to discuss it and normalize it because it's like, damn, we all go through the same exact thing. Like when Baldo posted this one time about him being, you know, really sad, he talked about it. We had friends from college saying, how's Baldo doing? Is he okay? And I was like, I don't understand what he's just talking about his feelings. There's nothing wrong with being sad. There's absolutely nothing wrong with being sad. If anything, you should be sad. You should be happy so you can see what it's like to not be sad. And you should be sad when it'd be like to not be happy. Contrast. It's a catch-22. Yeah. And the pain that you talked about before, it's real. And it's a blessing. Why would you not want to experience pain? Why would you be so fearful of, of, of getting hurt or, or learning from your mistakes that it would hold you back? But that's exactly what happens with trauma. You talk about PTSD. Whenever you bring something up again, the way that you know that you're over it is you bring it up again, and that emotion that you felt before is not the same. Yeah. That's why I asked you, what do you experience right now at that? And if it's a calming, it's It gets a, a little bit easier every time you right. talk about it. That's what it. it is. It's a calming to know that say it's not going to ever change. However, it doesn't define who I am at this moment. Yeah. It may be added to me, and I'm grateful for that path. Yeah. And I think that's the coolest thing right now. This path that you're embarking on, it's going to be hard to top. I mean, you're going to probably go, we're going to climb this and we're going to do all this stuff. But it's not like this. Not like the first time. You discover yourselves in a way that you're like, I'm unbreakable. Nothing will get through you ever again. I don't care what anyone does and says to you ever again. And the beauty that you have within you, understand that when you express it, people listen. And they watch. And they watch and they learn. And you're going to expand so many people's minds and your art and your poetry and your your actions are how you leave the legacy that this world needs. We need more people like you too. We don't need more millionaires in this world. We need people like you who are willing to get up and just say, I can do this. And even when you believe that you can't do this, you just say, like Bald and I used to say the same thing. We believed in each other when no one else did. And regardless of what I people was like gonna to say, believe it so much, it has no choice but to exist. Boom. Yep. Yeah. So when you're down in the dumps and you feel like this sucks, just, just do what you can. Do what you can to say, no, how can I change this situation and the way I look at it right now? And maybe I don't know how to do it. So maybe ask someone, how do you do this? How do you, do I have to bike across the country to change my <laughs> mind? Or what are you going to tell someone? No. What do you have to do? Find something that. Just reach out. Just Puts you out of your comfort zone. Start there. There we go. Was that yeah. what you say, Patrick? Get out of your comfort zone? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my my personal mantra for as long as I can remember since I read Into the Wild, John Krakauer, is the core of a man's spirit comes from new experiences. And 
it's all about seeking discomfort and that's how you grow out of your challenges and kind of build your toolkit within yourself to deal with those challenges get out of your comfort zone and And seeking external challenges makes it so much easier to deal with challenges you had no control over Ah. because you're like oh i can i can i'm really strong i can last a nice bath for five minutes and then like a little bit of stress comes later and you're like this ac feels good like normally i'd say i'm (laughs) cold wait i've done an ice bath before why am i doing it too cold yeah Yeah. and it's it's just you know if you can intentionally make yourself dis uncomfortable yeah then it makes everything else just that much more enjoyable that's beautiful man i i can't enjoy this much more this is awesome i know we tried to wrap it up we just couldn't but uh all right so for the fine people listening if they wanted to i know this is going to be later listen i know so that you can find their forward movement and patrick hopefully has a handle for his artwork right what is it uh i've got a portfolio online uh you can find it in the link in my bio under patty melt patty underscore underscore melt <laughs> uh, it's, it. it's a little under construction right now but it's coming along but not by the time this comes out it'll probably be in order but what's the real thing you want people to do let that be pressure <laughs> let that be pressure. I like that. Let that be pressure what's the real thing you want people to do i want people to donate to the nonprofit link for mental health america of greater houston it can be found at forwardsmovement.com spelled f-o-u-r-w-a-r-d-s-m-o-v-e-m-e-n-t and if you go to the ride page, you can find the nonprofit donation link. And our goal is to raise a whopping $150,000. It is a lot, but we wanted to set our goals high for this because this is a crazy experience and we know that we can do this and make the difference we want to. And the goal of Mental Health America is to educate and prevent. And as much of that as we can put out there is you know what yep. the main goal of this is so that's right and one more time the company how the handle where do they find you joe forwardsmovement.com perfect thank you for joining us man thank you for thank having you so us much thank for, for having, having us. us join you man join y'all yeah, yeah. We're out so here in much. oncoma city it's, it's incredible <laughs> yeah. on the porch of the farm, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's farm. at a party <laughs> <laughs>